Welcome to So You Want to Be a Copywriter, brought to you by the Australian Writers' Centre, the world's leading centre for writing courses. Your host is Bernadette Schwert, who you'll find at copyschool.com, and you can find out more about all our copywriting courses at copywritingcourses.com.au. Now, over to Bernadette. Have you always wanted to be paid to travel? Would you like to stay in luxurious resorts for free? If you'd like to indulge your passion for food, wine, wellness, or any other hobby and get paid to do so, this is the episode for you. I'm speaking with Kirsty Bedford, one of Australia's foremost travel writers and editors. Now, you may not realise it, but there's a massive connection between travel writing and copywriting. If you can write copy, you are well positioned to become a travel writer too. You can find out why in this episode. Hello, I'm Bernadette Schwert. I'm the founder of the Australian School of Copywriting and the head copywriting tutor at the Australian Writers' Centre. If you'd like to build a copywriting business, travel the world and get paid to do so, you should become a copywriter. To gain the confidence and skills you need to present yourself as a professional, take a look at some of our short courses. We know that a short course can make a big impact. Just ask Wayne Hawkins. This is what he had to say. I was retrenched a few months ago, and so I finally had the time to pursue copywriting. It's been my passion, but I never thought I could make a living from it. After completing your course, I put the principles into practice, told my dentist I was a copywriter, and before I'd left the surgery, I had a gig to rewrite his web copy and his email sequence. It more than paid for my dental appointment. Thank you for giving me the confidence to get started. Well, thank you, Wayne, for sharing that story, and it's good to see that some good can come from a dental appointment. If you'd like to learn more, visit writercentercomau forward slash essentials or copyschool.com. And if you like our podcast, please leave a review on Apple Podcasts. Let's get started. Kirsty Bedford, so lovely to have you on the podcast. Thank you so much for having me. And Kirsty, the reason I've invited you on today is because you're a travel writer. And I think out of all the occupations people talk about, travel writing has to be way up there as like the gold standard of writing and look it's not technically copywriting in some respects but it's writing right so I'm really interested to talk to you firstly about your career how you got into it how others can get into it and maybe what are some of the connections between travel writing and copywriting because there's always some fundamental you know commonalities so firstly how did you get into travel writing how did that journey begin Well, my first job in the travel industry was actually with Tourism New Zealand and I was working in the international media team. So we were hosting journalists from all over New Zealand to write about um, the country, which was a pretty nice job. And and I got to um, travel around New Zealand, which was incredible. I'm obviously originally from New Zealand, so I've been living in Australia for 17 years. Um, And um, yeah, and I was working for Tourism New Zealand when we launched the, well, they'd actually not long launched the 100% Pure New Zealand 
campaign and then we were selling ourselves as middle earth um and so there were some really fun fun campaigns going on when i was there and then um i'd been i'd come to that role after being five years working five years as a news journalist and so while i was actually working for tourism new zealand i started doing some travel writing so i had a friend who was actually editing Jetstar magazine in New Zealand and um and so I started doing a bit of travel writing for her uh and and that was how I sort of how I segued into it so originally as a news journalist and then in sort of more of a PR role and then yeah started I started writing and tra- and about travel do you remember what your first few stories were I actually wrote a story I I I, I there are a few but one of them I wrote was actually about I White Island. I actually walked on White Island. Uh, yeah, so that was one of the experiences that we did, which is, um, you know, now looking back on it, um, concerning. Um, but um, but yeah, so I mean, we were, we were traveling a lot. I actually had the blessing of my boss at the time to write about travel, and but I was actually doing it as, um, under a pseudonym because I was working for Tourism New Zealand at the time. <laughs> but. Um, but um, as a writer and having a boss who was a former journalist, she understood my need and and um, and and how it would work to be able to do that. So, uh, so yeah, so that was that was what I was doing at the time. Very good. And just step me through what other jobs you've had throughout your career, because now you've got what I recall you saying to me was one of your dream jobs. So let's just fill in the gaps between then and now. What were the, some of the the big milestones? Sure. So I started, um, I trained as a journalist in New Zealand and I started working in in print uh, and I was um, sort of running my own little community newspaper as you did back then when you first sort of started in the in the role. And then I went into radio for a while. So I loved that working in, that was in a really hard news, really high paced role. And then from there, I went to Tourism New Zealand um, and I moved to Australia um, in, a, in a PR role, as a, in a PR role. So I worked in PR for another number of years and then really wanted to get back into my journalism roots and just a love of writing and wanting to sort of really immerse myself back in that so um, I was fortunate that I had um, some contacts here and um, I had to be able to sort of to help me sort of make that that segue back into um, into travel writing Um, and then uh, from there so I did a number of PR roles and then I started in magazines, so I've um, I've edited six travel uh, magazines, and uh, I was editing a magazine called Luxury Escapes Magazine, which was actually um, a magazine founded by um, Grin Creative, um, and they that was a partnership with Luxury Escapes, the travel company. But sadly, because of COVID, uh, that magazine didn't survive. It was a, a fairly new magazine, so it just really struggled obviously in a time when people weren't prepared to pay between five and seven thousand dollars for an for an advert page advert so in printing costs as they are um that just wasn't sustainable so from there I was really fortunate in that I uh, I went and worked for luxury skates the travel company for a while as as a, as a content in a senior content producing role and an editor and then from there uh, a role came up which is for the company I'm working for now, which is Signature Media. And we publish Australia's largest circulating luxury travel magazine um, called Signature Luxury Travel and Style and also the longest running travel magazine in um, Australia, which is Vacations and Travel. So these are definitely dream publications for me. I feel really very fortunate to to be able to work on these publications and in this role. And um, 
just doing yeah doing what I what I absolutely love every day that's a great thing to say and Kirstie in terms of the uh, recent jobs that you might have done let's just tantalize our listeners with some of the exotic places or things that you've been reviewing well, I'm a little more desk bound actually at the moment, um, and I have been really since um, because this the role I'm doing at the moment is um, is is probably a little more desk bound than than um, previous travel roles, and this is the way the the sort of the roles go within travel. You a lot of people are either in if you're in a freelance travel position when you're writing as a freelancer, obviously you're traveling all the time because that's what you're doing. But when you're working in more of an editor role or as an assistant editor and in a subbing capacity, then obviously there's there's a lot more requirement for you to sort of be you know helping get those publications out the door really. So um but um, I, I look. I've been really lucky in the past um, with some of the tra- some of the travel that I, I've been able to do, and I I just feel so incredibly fortunate because I love travel so much, and I love writing. So to be a, to be in a in a job where I can combine my my two passions is just I, I really just feel every day so inc- incredibly grateful for what I'm doing. Um, and um, yeah, and th- I mean things have changed a lot because of COVID, obviously. Um, I think, um, you know, we were talking a little bit earlier and you sort of saying about how how travel's changed because of COVID. And I think people are now wanting to do more sort of bucket list type experiences and not just uh, not just to do with cost, not just needing to have sort of high end luxury travel experiences. But um, although those there is that, too, for those that can afford it, but I think people are really wanting sort of off the beaten track things. So maybe things that they wouldn't do um, on their own, um, you know, maybe it's the Holy Festival in India or or, or seeking out mountain gorillas in Uganda or Rwanda. But things like that, I think people now, the reason is sort of this term that's been coined revenge travel, which is that people sort of really want to get back into um, the time that was lost and they want to go, what, what they want to, you know, to be doing travel that they haven't been able to do for, for, for a while. So, um, but travelers it's, it's evolved. And I think they're also, people are now also more sensitive about the places they go and wanting to give back to communities and treading lightly. So all of those things, are areas that when we're writing about travel that we're really mindful of and that we're, you know, that we're covering and really talking about places that aren't um, focusing on over-tourism and looking at places that are genuinely giving back to community. Kelsey, I recall watching, a, a reading a magazine and you were actually one of the writers and I that's why I asked because I was getting my car serviced and there was this magazine and there was your name and you're in some exotic <laughs> location. I can't quite recall what it was, but I'm thinking, what a cool job. But I remember thinking also when you go into a travel venue, like a hotel, and you're reviewing, do you tell them that you are reviewing them? Like do you, do you, you know, come clean with why you're there? Absolutely. So, so typically, uh, um, how it works is the PRs of the of the um, hotels will be approaching journalists, asking them if they want to stay. Really, um, and 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 usually they expect or require a commission before you before you go into the hotel. So, so you are absolutely there, um, and they know that you're there. Um, they obviously the experience can be a little different, maybe to someone if who didn't know you <laughs> you were writing about them, um, and. 
And and look, at the end of the day, I mean, if the if for some reason the property really didn't meet, um, you know, the publication's standards or it really wasn't a great property at all, you, you you would take that, give that constructive criticism and feedback back to the PRs and and possibly not write the story rather than write something really negative about it. Um, I think with every property that um, if you're writing specifically about hotels, uh, you know, staying at a property is obviously the best way to to work out what its um, USPs are and know the angle that you're going to take and how best to write about it. So whether or not it has a wellness focus or maybe it's about the dining culinary experience, um, you know, that, that sort of thing. And it begs the question, how do you become a travel writer? Because I know people are saying, get me in, how do I do it? <laughs> so I guess... Uh, how you actually become a travel writer would be, well, there, there are, I mean, there are a number of ways to become a travel writer, but I would sort of say by, start by connecting with the community. So, and anyone who's writing, like for copywriters, you're, you're still obviously um, a strong writer. So anyone who's a writer can segue into uh, various numbers of writing. And the other great thing about travel writing is, most travel writers, you know, a really large number of travel writers don't just solely travel write. I mean, it's a really challenging environment unless you have um, a full-time role or are working for a specific um, publishing house like I am. If you're a freelancer, it's it's hard yards. I mean, you have to, you're pitching all the time for stories. So most people actually have other gigs. So it would be great for someone who's a copywriter and you already have a regular a regular um, regular work, you have a regular sort of income, you could do travel writing um, on the side. I mean, obviously, you have to do some travel, but you could certainly be pitching stories out. And the best way to start getting into it is join the Australian Society of Travel Writers and also join, um, there's a um, there's a group called Trav Media, which is a bit like LinkedIn for the travel industry. And pretty much anyone who's, who's anyone in the travel industry, both from a PR perspective and journalism perspective, are actually on that, on that. So, and that's free to join. You can log in and create a profile. You can start building yourself up. Um, but a couple of key things, obviously, and it's and it's much like if you're trying to pitch for work as a copywriter, then you it's very similar. So you just have to understand who your who your um, audience who the audiences of the publication you're pitching to. Um, really do your research on knowing the publication. Make sure that you have a really strong angle. We get a, a, a lot of people pitching who who haven't read the publications, who don't understand. Um, you know, maybe the sections or how where their story might fit. Um, so really understand that because otherwise you you are genuinely wasting your time. Um, and also being able to take photographs is another really a really good um, you know ability. If you if you have the ability to take, you don't have to be a professional photographer, but if you have the ability to take really good photographs, that will really help you, particularly if you're wanting to get published in print but digital as well also. Um, and then the other thing is consider why you're the best person to tell the story. So do you have expertise in a certain area? So I know people who have had an, an entire career before they've become travel writers who've maybe been 
um, working in in the marine industry or something, but because they have a really sound knowledge, they can then they then get on the travel writing circuit of the PRs of all the stories which are to do with diving or anything to do with marine because um, you know they have such a good understanding of that. So uh, you know you can if you are already good writers, you are clearly good writers if you have a, if you if you're already working in copywriting. So you, you don't have to worry about that part of it. But having some sort of expertise, um, or even in an area, if you if you have sort of expertise, it can be thematic but also ge geographical. So if you, um, you know, I have. Um, a friend, um, Belinda Jackson, who's a fantastic expert in the Middle East. So she is the go-to. People know to go to her for anything related to that to that region of the world. So this is the, this is the sorts of things that you should maybe you can consider as as wellness your area, um, you know whatever it happens to be, and then you, you can put that into your pitch, and that will really help help get you as well. Um, you know, across the line as far as when you're actually pitching a story to an editor and keep it short <laughs> because... Yeah, let's um... talk about that. So how would you pitch? Let, let's paint the picture for me. You have an email subject line. What would the email subject line? Let's say I wanted to go to Noosa and go to Golden Door or wherever it might be and I wanted to review that. Is that how you sort of work it? You work out where you want to go first as a travel writer? Well, if so if you want to get into travel writing, the first thing to do would probably be to... I mean, think about some of the publications that you love and that you'd like to be in. So, um, and then look at the look at the types of angles and stories that they that they cover. So, uh, if if wellness was something that you really wanted to to be to work in and be sort of an expert in that area, um, consider some of the publications that have wellness sections that cover wellness stories. Look at I would look at the publication first. Find somewhere that you that you really that you. And really understand and read their, if you can, access some of their back issues on digital, um, see what they've already covered, because they may have already covered that. Um, and then and then pitch the story to, to the editor. So you literally, you want to keep it really short and the subject line is really important. So, um, you know, if you want to get a free um, trip to, <laughs> to somewhere to cover it, it's the, the challenging thing there is obviously you can't use a publication's name to get a free for mill. So even if you've already written for someone multiple times, that will really upset editors and it can get you blacklisted. So if you don't have a pre-agreed commission, so, and you don't ever ask, it's sort of a, a fun little dance that we play. So, um, you know, there's an event um, called IMM that's held every year um, in Sydney, and that's a fantastic event to get. It's like speed dating with PRs, and they basically offer you um, trips based on the sorts of publications that you write for. So, um, but you do have to have, um, obviously, they want to know who you've written for, and, and so you have to get your foot on the door somewhere at, to begin with. So you could start really small. I mean, you know, you can pitch to some smaller digital publications about some things that you, that you're doing that are in your general area. Like maybe there's a um, a great new restaurant opening, there's a new hotel opening, something like that, um, and then. Once you've built up a little bit of a portfolio, you've also got something to send to editors and say, um, you know, this is, look, I've written these stories. Um, I'd love to write this story for you. But literally just pitch it with a really, with an act. So you need an angle. You, you you don't want to come in and just say, look, I really like wellness and I'd like to go here. <laughs> Can What's you take my story? <laughs> <laughs> so um, give me an example. Like, let's say I did one of the let's say it was a yoga magazine, right? Just because I'm into yoga at the moment. Okay. And I wanted to go to a wellness, you know, they've got a wellness sort of section. Um, 
what would buy what would be my subject line to get the yoga editor interested in me okay so if it's a yoga magazine and you want to go to this to, i mean the thing is they possibly have already got that covered <laughs> just a little bit but... <laughs> a lot of a lot of publications do use just freelancers so there are there are publications out there who 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 just um use freelancers to commission first person stories for because it is hard to send your own staff who are who are who are actually you know having to do um a lot more of the admin style and 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 the logistics and strategy and and um, you know, to put the magazine together. Um, so, so absolutely, look, they could be commissioning all these stories. So let's let's pretend they are. So say that they don't have stuff and they're not going themselves, and they need. And it, look, they, it might be first of all understand and check that they haven't covered the story before. Make sure you understand their style and the types of. They might have different sections within the publication. They might have a travel section. They might have a specific and maybe. Uh, contact the have a look at the retreat and find out a really strong angle it might be that they have a visiting international yoga guru who is only there for two months but who is actually coming every year because obviously you want to be writing about something that travelers can follow in your footsteps there's no point writing about something that then no one else can do so so maybe they're there for a couple of months of the year and they're coming back in the next year, and then you can literally pitch that. They would they would obviously know about that because as a specialised publication, they would be receiving that information. But if you got in really quickly and were saying, um, "Look, I'd you know I'd like to um you know I'd like to go up um and cover. I'll be going up there and cover. You kind of better to say that you'll be going up there and covering it. Wait to get a commission from them if they if they're interested in this. They say, okay, that sounds great. Um. I'll take 800 words. Please send it to me in 10 days' time. <laughs> no, that wouldn't happen. But so if they said... it was Deepak Chopra. Let's just pick a figure, right, because I'm really going to paint the picture. You, Deepak Chopra's coming and you want to go and cover it. What would you put in the subject line? Um, Sorry so... for your spot, Kiss, but i got to ask. <laughs> so, okay, so, so, so are we on the yoga thing still? Sorry, yeah, I'm going you... <laughs> to... <laughs> okay let's stay on the yoga story so sorry so so say okay so you so basically how you would do it was you would your your subject line would be uh would be could be something like um I, I know you really are putting me on the spot here because now I'm trying to think of all this of all the pitches that we receive and how they put them in the subject line um you would say pitch you could say pitch in the subject line and then say um um you know international yoga expert blah 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 um coming to so-and-so um and then you would say in the in the in the in the pitch keep it really tight there's nothing worse than getting um an 800 word pitch um and 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 put links to your previous work rather than just listing everything you've ever written about um and also like I said earlier make sure you write down whether or not you can take your own photographs um so just say um Personalize the person, the email to the person's name. So know who who you're pitching to. Understand who the editor is, and say approach them personally. Put their name. So say hi, Kirsty. Um, um, this is happening. Um, this international guru, yoga guru is coming to coming here at, on these dates. Um, I'll be going up there. Would you be interested in a story? Uh, and um, and you can say whether or not you're going to take photographs. Uh, and um, the hard part about it is <clears throat> it is a bit of a chicken and egg as far as 
unless you've been invited up there and you're then pitching the story to editors, which is how it often happens. So often you'll have a PR approach <clears throat> approach you and say, would you like to come to this if I'm a freelance writer? Would you like to come along, Kirsty? Um, and who 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 I need a firm commission to to host you. And then that means you then start going out to all as many editors as you can, find as many relevant publications and start pitching the story because you need that commission in order to attend. And they understand that. And you can actually say, um, can you please let me know within so-and-so date so that I can then pitch this elsewhere? That's what you can actually say to them because we all understand that, you know, freelance journalists need to know so that they can, if you don't want to take the story, someone else can take the story. Um so yeah, that's that's how that works. Um, it is it is it is a challenging situation when you just want to go somewhere and you don't have an invitation from a PR and you don't have an editor who's commissioning you the story. So in that situation, you do almost need, and this is and this is challenging for people who are starting, but you do almost need to write about places that you are going to go and pay for yourself. Um, you know, start getting some start getting some really lovely stories and coverage and um, you know, under your belt. Have some have some stories. Maybe you you've been somewhere recently or you're going somewhere that you can write about or you can pitch to some editors and write about. And and when you're traveling, think about it because you think about travel differently when you're traveling and you're and you're writing a story about it. I there's a really interesting story. Well, just as an example, um, when we I went to Sri Lanka and that was that was for a travel story. But, um, you know, we were climbing this rock temple and, and monastery and we were at the top and we'd climbed like 500 steps and it was like 38 degrees and it was we were just sweating buckets. And our tour guide stood up there and he we're on the top of this, you know, really high lookout point and he pointed, he pointed and he was saying, see that tiny little yellow house down there? That's my house. And then he started telling us about how, you know, for 15 years he's been taking people to these to these incredible like 2000 year old Buddhist statues and caves. And he, he explained the importance of how they come up there for prayer and how it's so special, such a special place for him. And if I, you know, as a, as a traveling writer, I was like, this is just gold. Like what he's telling, I wrote down everything he said in my phone. I, I just write notes in my phone and I, and I talked about, um you know, I wrote about him and his little house and his, and this, and this, the history and the culture and the rich, of and the uh, beautiful emotional um, emotion of it and the importance of this place to him and that's what makes a story so it's very different to when you just go on holiday somewhere and you're just not thinking of it in that mindset but if you listen to people it's the people that make the story if you really listen to what people have to say and talk to locals and ask questions like act like you're a journalist you know go, ask people questions and and um and really understand the history and the culture and the story the travel story will be so rich for it and then you'll come back and you'll have a really strong lovely story to pitch to someone um quoting these this incredible um tour guide or whoever it was you know that was giving you this um, beautiful information uh and um and that will just make your story and it will, it will it could literally be the difference between you know getting you across the line with your first your first travel um story that's awesome, Chris. Thanks for um, going with that little <laughs> story, putting you on the spot, um, <laughs> which kind of leads me to the next question. And I'm not asking about your payment, but I'm asking in general, what do people as travel writers get paid, say, for an 800-word story? 
Yeah, so the standard um, typically is between 50 cents and a dollar a word, uh, which is, you know, that's that's industry standard. So uh, most most people, you'll get a, a dollar a word really only from corporate writing, from the sort of corporate market. So the pay, you know, look, it's not, it, let's be honest, it's not, it's not great. Um and yeah, that's that's that is basically industry standard um, at the at the moment of what you of what you're getting. So, like I was sort of saying earlier, and a, a number of freelance travel writers do have other industries that they write for. So it's a it's really great for someone who's already a copywriter or, or and already has some some pre existing work in that in that industry because in in that area because if you already have um, sort of some regular gigs um, and then you can do the travel writing in addition to that. So um, a lot of people I know either write, for, you know, they write for techs or corporates. Um, they have other writing gigs that they do on the side that aren't travel related um, and then do, and then also do travel writing in addition to that. Um, yeah, because it's, yeah. it's a, it, it's hard slog um, as a freelancer. You, you need to be pitching regularly. You've got to be chasing payment. Um, and also you've, you've, you've got to be able to travel. So um, you can write travel stories. Obviously some people are happy to take travel stories. Um, if you're on staff, you know, you might have to be writing the travel stories um, from the desk, but the majority of, if you're a freelance travel writer, then obviously they're first person stories. And, and that's what like I was explaining before about that Sri Lankan experience, like, you know, you need to, the best travel stories are the ones where you've been to a place, you've met the people, you know, you've, all the senses um, are heightened from that experience and the, and, and you know what it feels like to be there because you can just put that into your writing and it brings, literally brings the story off the page to the, to the reader. Mm, beautiful. So I guess the, the copywriters listening, I, and from what you've said, and I, I know nothing about travel writing because I've never done it, but what I'm hearing is quite a bit of similarity. You know, there seems to be a commonality in terms of you got to find your audience, you've got to research the magazine, you've got to work out your point of difference, you've got to work out the angle, then you have to pitch it, so you've got to write something just to pitch, and then you've got to write the thing, right? So I guess copywriters are coming from a position of the writing is always taken care of to some degree. Like, you know, you've got that skill. It's now just a matter of applying some of these, you know, different um, perspectives but what do you think makes a um you've already covered it to some degree like what makes good travel writers putting yourself into it but what's your definition of copy and content I mean I get asked that a lot I've got my own answer but what's your definition of copy versus content gosh um well you know I guess um as a travel writer uh, and I'm a, a trained journalist, so I think c coming from that perspective, you know, it's about the story. So the, um, being being a, a good travel writer, I think it's it's really important to be able to write um, and have a really a really nice story and an emotive piece that people can really understand the sense of a place. Um, so that's sort of my um, how I see it. You know, standard. Um, you know, and there are varying types of of travel writing, and a lot of people are also, particularly digital publications, are really after listicles and really interested in listicles. So, you know, top top five this, top ten that, top twenty five that, and that's and that's um, something that you can write. You know, you can always write um, from without having to actually go and visit somewhere. So there there is that element as well, which is more which is more um, producing content. 
than actual travel writing. That would see personally how I would sort of differentiate those. Um, but there's definitely a lot of opportunity for straight content writing within travel, focused on travel, particularly in digital publications. Um, so, yeah, I think that that's, yeah, don't know if that yeah. answers your question. What, what, like, what sort of content <laughs> writing for travel publications would you, what kind of stories, I mean, other than the listicles you just mentioned, are there any other sort of content opportunities that people can maybe put their, you know, their eyes to? I think just, again, it sort of comes back to having a look online and finding some publications that you want to write for and then having a look at the sorts of things that they produce. So, uh, you know, and and where maybe you can see that you can add some value. So um, though, like you were saying before, I think as a copywriter, you've already got those really strong base skills. You already have the ability to understand angles, which is just vitally important and, um, you know, knowing what, what will... Um, resonate with a reader really so um because it's about making those words really jump um which is something copywriters are, uh, um, are probably more experienced about with than anyone because you've you've got you know and often if you're writing with a shorter number of sort of words so um i you know it's about i think go back to having a look at having a look online finding some publications that maybe you think um you'd like to write for and then having a look at what they do and really just it's just about really reading carefully the way that they structure the, the words and the way that they structure a story. And then you can approach them and say, look, I've seen that in this section, you do a lot of this. Um, you know, I think this could be a great idea for that section. Would you be interested? Um, and, and, you know, and that's a really good way to get picked up as well. Mm, that's brilliant, Kirsty. And I guess it, this reminds me in the course that I teach on copywriting, particularly about how to write for business, like how to build your freelance business. What I say to my students is when you write for everyone, you kind of write for no one. It's almost hard to pinpoint a publication to write for because there's no niche. So I say to my students, you know, work at what you love, work at what you think pays and what you're really good at. So you look at those three circles and in the middle is your sweet spot. So often when my students do this, it might be something like wellness. You know, they're a yoga teacher, they love yoga, they want to write for yoga studios or they want to write for the yoga se sector. And then they go, okay, well, who can I write for? So I say, look, go to the associations of those organisations or any publication for that matter. But the associations are really good. Let's just say the Yoga Association because they represent hundreds of yoga teachers and yoga mm -hmm. studios. So mm -hmm. if you want to be in front of those people, go to the Yoga Association website, look at their submission guidelines and say, well, what, you know, how do you take people? What do you take? What stories? And then pitch. And before you know it, you know, this has happened to many of my students. They've got a commission and I wouldn't say it's paid, to be honest, in the, in the, in the get-go. It's always generally free. But um, get that experience, get that one article narrowed down and then Absolutely. write. Because if you keep going, oh, I could write for anybody, you, you tend to not write for anybody. So that sense of picking the thing you love, it could be pets, it could be finance, it could be fashion, it could be travel. Um, but just find something, go to that one website, look at their submission and look at what they need to get the pitch from you. Because you're more likely to get success when you narrow it down just to being in front of that one editor. 
And the great thing about travel and want if you're wanting to be specifically in travel is that it does cover a lot of areas. You know, I mean, there's food and wine travel and wellness travel and you know, I mean, if you look at any sort of um, travel publications, um, a lot of, and particularly this is certainly the case for Signature Media, you know, we cover off a lot of areas. So um, we cover crews and we cover all, all sorts of areas. So, you know, there's nature travel, there's, I mean, there's there's so many different um, areas to it. So you've got sort of your, your, your scope's quite wide as far as what you're interested in writing about. Um, I mean, I particularly love writing about, um, you know, soft adventure, active travel and wellness travel. So, uh, so um, you know, those are sort of the areas that I just love it when I get it, an opportunity to experience something or or to, to write to write about something like you know to do with a hike or or, or wellness or something like that. So, um, you know, and if I was a, free, a freelancer, which I have been in the past, um, as, as also ha I have worked as a freelancer for a number of years, then I I would I would also you know consider the publications that I and the areas obviously that you want to write about and you're interested in writing about. And like I said before, a great place to start is because it's hard to get those commissions initially is just writing about something that you've already done and some travel that you've already done. Um, but make sure, so when you go on your next trip and when you're planning your next travel, it doesn't have to be overseas or in, even in interstate. Maybe you're going to the local hot springs, the new hot springs down at the peninsula or something. Next time you go down there, think about it with a with a travel writer's um, hat, you know, hat on and think about what's the sort of angle that I could write about here, what is really moving me, maybe talk to talk to lots of people that are there, um, you know, find out a bit about um, about the sort of, you know, the hot springs and why they were, you know, because they're very, very new, so there's an angle in itself. Um, and just do something local to sort of get your head around, first of all, how you would write or pitch that story. Um, and so, yeah, you don't have to feel like it's out of reach, like I have to go to Sri Lanka to write a travel story. You know, you can start really local. You can start with just a local, if, you, if you're really into gourmet and food and wine, you could start with just going to a, a new restaurant that's opening. Um in your in your suburban area you don't even have to leave your area and you can don't forget you know you you can pitch to publications international international publications who are dying for people that are on the ground um in your area never underestimate what's on your own doorstep and how you know that being on the ground can really help help you as far as uh getting picked up what an awesome concept because he absolutely inspired me I probably won't get to do it yet but in a couple of years when I get a bit more free you know from children <laughs> and what have you I think I'm going to do this um it's so lovely to talk to you and uh congratulations on everything you've achieved and and living your dream life because it's really inspiring to meet people who've been able to merge their passions with their profit so thanks again Kirsty for being on my podcast Oh, thank you for having me. And if anyone wants to hear about um, our new my new travel podcast that we've just launched, it's called The World Awaits. So you'll find it on um, yeah Apple and Spotify. And um, I'd love to have um, have anyone come along and if they um, didn't find me too annoying to have a listen to have a listen every week. <laughs> <laughs> that was fantastic. Well, hopefully we'll we'll put it all in the in the notes so people can access it. Thanks, Kirsty. It was lovely to chat. Thanks so much for having me. This podcast is brought to you by the Australian Writers' Centre, a world leader in writing courses. 
If you'd like to get paid to see the world, our popular course in travel writing will show you how. From Dubai to Dubbo, learn the steps to bringing destinations to life, as well as how to research and plan your itineraries, and exactly what you need to do to approach a travel editor so they will publish your article. You'll be given templates, checklists, and even scripts so that you can pitch your article to a travel editor with confidence. You'll enjoy the convenience of learning online and discover how you can earn an income as a travel writer. Find out more at writerscentercomau slash travel writing course. As you've discovered, I knew very little about travel writing before this interview, but I know a lot more now. And what I know is that it's the perfect job for copywriters too. Who knew our copywriting skills could be so useful? Speaking of useful, if you'd like to get started quickly as a copywriter and find early success, the best way to do that is to surround yourself with other copywriters. That's where Copy Club can help. Join Copy Club and you'll get access to our learning hub filled with over 100 training videos, invitations to attend our Ask Me Anything sessions featuring amazing guest speakers, You'll get the opportunity to get feedback on your copywriting work, membership to our private Facebook community, and a lot more. You can find out how to join at copyclub.com.au. In closing, my joke, because I know you're waiting for it. I went to the stationery store, but they'd moved. And a quote to finish off with. The Institute of unfinished research has concluded that six out of 10 people, and that's it from me. All the best. Bye-bye. Thanks for listening to So You Want to Be a Copywriter. You'll find the show notes at soyouwanttobeacopywriter.com.au. This podcast was brought to you by the Australian Writer Centre. Do you want to get started as a professional copywriter? Have a look at our course, Copywriting Essentials. Created by Bernadette Schwert, this five-week online course will teach you how to write words that sell and get paid to be creative. Find out more at writercentercomau slash copywriting. And thanks for listening to So You Want to Be a Copywriter. You'll find the show notes at soyouwanttobeacopywriter.com.au.